Getting schooled over here, and it's we're only learning. Uh, hey, we're learning. One o'clock. We're learning. Hi, Dave. Hey, honey, how are you? Good. <laughs> I can't believe you're out here. Well, this is going to be a good one. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm because, excited. You know, <laughs> a lot of people don't know I have a crush on Dave. Well, it's no mutual. big deal. For those of you that feelings. don't know, this is Texas Dave. This is me. That's him. I didn't do it. Where did Texas Dave come from? Have you tried pronouncing my last name? No. C-A-R-A-P-E-T-Y-A-N. Carapentia? Well, that's awful. That's awful. <laughs> that's like that's like a four out of Calabria? ten. That's pretty good. <laughs> I've gotten carpet man, carpet yawn, carpet chatrian, carpet... <laughs> so then everybody's like, oh man, Dave's coming to town. Carpe like, diem. That's the one. They're like, which Dave? I'm like, you know, fucking one from Texas. Like, oh yeah, yeah, all right, got it. Texas Dave, that's that where it. it was born. So that how do you it. say your last name? Carapation. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting right here. I still couldn't yeah, hear yeah, a few yeah. of those letters. <laughs> <laughs> I believe in you. you I don't even know. You. What is that? Um, it's Armenian. Okay. Yeah. I was yeah. going to say. Fourth generation. Mm. Every every Armenian in my family you is like just like, I'll take, a, I'll take an Irish Catholic woman. Let's fucking party. So it's, it's been diluted <laughs> down thoroughly. My 23 Me came back. I'm like... There we go. And they're like, so you're, you're like 6%. Six you're not okay. rolling around with a gold chain and a Mazda Miata going, you like sports car? You like sports car? Did you say that on the video? <laughs> I might. Hey, you like to come? You guys like sport car? How are you doing, lady friend? You like sporting car? This car, MX-5 car, very fast. Incredible performance. Oh. Now I'm like 0% Armenian and then it's just like, white guy, white guy, white guy. It's a whole different situation. But you know that. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I know you. We party. I, I know you you. I tear it up on the weekend. <laughs> the immortal words we, of Granny Squid. We, oh, you boys calling about the bee days? Yeah, be- when I was your age, we didn't have fancy ketchup. We we just had ketchup. And we <laughs> used to make it out back out of possum tails <laughs> that we called it blood. <laughs> Hell no! <laughs> Do not touch the trim. We, we are, can just do that for like two hours. We were talking about squidbillies, ladies I'm and gentlemen. That. Not yeah. this land, red man. Mm-mm. Nope. Chalky Off trouble. The property now. Chalky trouble. <laughs> Don't you touch that son of a bitch and boat boy. The boat is not a toy. Boat the is boat mine. Is mine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we shit. recently visited you out at your house. Yeah. Which is a, a lot of property. Yeah, yeah, How many acres to be uh, exact? 136.99, according to the survey, what I have recently purchased. They really go to the point nine nine. Point nine nine. They better suit. They ain't gonna come at me talking about point nine four. <laughs> nope. No sir. I round up those. So I got one hundred thirty seven. And it is a <laughs> it is a lovely facility called Rally Ready. Yeah. And you took me and Evan in to teach us how to drive. I did. Yeah. We had a great time. Um, you guys and Paul came out and we uh, we chucked some mad skids through the woods at the Rally Ranch. Thanks and to Connor, right? Connor, Connor was the one that set that up for everybody. Connor Martell. Connor Martell, a rally race car driver. What's he driving this year, you know? I don't know. He's driving all kinds of stuff. He's in a formula car. He was driving stuff at our ranch the other day. He's driving rally cross car. This is one of those kids, you just put him in a vehicle and he's like, well, we'll figure you, it out. Here. And yeah. he's light too. So yeah, he's he light comes in a small package. He's just simple. You just put him in, he goes, okay. <laughs> and then he goes, like, that's it. That's how you go fast. And so... Connor, um, yeah, Connor invited you guys out come to our place since we're just down the road from each other, 90 minutes apart. Um, came to my 78 ranch. 78 miles. Yeah, that's, yeah, I knew that. Yeah. Yeah. 
to the T from, from, you right just sit here. at home. You're like 78 miles. God, we're so close. We should just run a soup can <laughs> and a string. You guys have any string? Yeah, I'll take a yeah. soup can a on the spool. way home. And, we'll put a spool yeah. out and Perfect. just nothing will come. I think that's just nothing called power wires of that, of that. You know, no accidents will be caused. Nothing will get tangled. I don't know. I ain't worried about it. We'll Shoot. Hey, you know what I mean? As <laughs> I mean, you know, let it rip, tater chip. That's what I say. <laughs> so, yes, uh, Evan and I came out. You guys taught us the basics. Mm-hmm. And now we're addicted. Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah. Yeah, we gave yeah. you guys this kind of the, the crash course. That was an core expensive meeting, actually, now yeah. that I think about it. Yeah, we ruined a lot of lives. I met you and then spent a lot yeah, of money. We ruined so many lives. <laughs> People come in, they're like, man, this will kind of be probably fun, you know? And I'm like, this is, have a seat, have, have a talk. And they're like, yeah, I don't know. We'll just like Here's a loan out officer. <laughs> That's what you, you should set up a little we shack just have inside RBFCU, there. <laughs> UFCU, Chase. Just a dude with, <laughs> with glasses and a big calculator. Like, oh, is it, is it my turn? Is it my turn? Hey, I'll come out Oh, here. shit. Um, yeah, no, it's too real, dude. It's, it's uh, you, there's like that, that pivotal moment when somebody comes in in that first like two hours where they're like, yeah, this will be, I'll just, you know, come do some rallying for a day or, you know, a weekend or whatever. And, and you kind of like watch it click and they're like, oh, yeah, this is it. My life's, my life's a little bit is like low, low key ruined. It's like, this is it. This is, yeah, yeah. There's a before you came to rally school and an after. Um, and that's been the biggest thing for us. We've been doing this for eight years and I'm, I've been rallying for 16 obviously diehard passionate about the sport. Uh, and uh, I got into it as a young kid at 17. It was like, man, there's just no sustainable way to keep doing this. And so I had the the choice a lot of people have to make of like, do we do we just keep trying to fake it? Which yes, in perpetuity, that's just rule number one of life. Fake it till you make it and then keep on faking it because you never actually make it. That's an illusion. Um, <laughs> but uh, but we, uh, yeah, I just was like, man, the thing that I love more than anything, I started volunteering with Big Brothers Big Sisters and like the mentorship and, and sharing what I'm passionate about and um, things I've been fortunate enough to get to do in life with other people is really what resonated. And so starting the school for us was just the no-brainer. It's like, this is the thing we love more than anything. But um, there's no rallying in Texas. So it was really a field of dreams kind of moment. It's like we either we build it and it exists or um, or we, you know, move. So. so let's roll back to 17. What was... What was the breaking moment? This was BRS, right? Before rally school. BRS, right, 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 right. Yeah, yep, yeah. yep, yep. It's TLA. The for breaking you. moment. Oh, that's a good one. Damn, dude. Solid, <laughs> solid. Yes. TLA life is so dialed right now. Um, BRS, yeah, yeah. 17. Fuck, what the what was my life at 17? I uh, I grew up in Austin playing in a bunch of punk rock and hardcore bands. So I was like in, you know, six skate punk bands. We wrote like two seven inches that were just about skipping school to go skateboarding. That's it. That was the whole thing. <laughs> we have two full on seven inches that are just skip school to go skateboarding. Um and uh some of the guys I was playing in some bands with were a little there in their twenties at the time. I was, I don't know, 14, 15. And they were super into like Hondas and street racing and drag racing. And I didn't this get it. This is about 2002, 2003. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And, this, uh, is, this is pretty much my life. Yeah. 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 yeah Fast and much. Furious <laughs> 1 came out. Dude, we were yeah. skateboarders. And now all of a sudden, I mean, the thing is with, if you really break down this import craze, yeah. it, was, it was something that teenagers and lower 20s people could actually afford. Yeah. Like... Totally. As far as motorsports or getting into cars. Like, well, it's the car you were inheriting. Yeah. It just happened to be <laughs> the car Ford, that... Yeah, exactly. Civic, it's like, you can make these cool. And totally. we all went... Well, well... We thought Somebody said we could yeah, make them yeah. cool. And we're like, In yeah. our heads, they were. I mean, totally. I was talking to Dave about this the other Dave, yeah. podcast Dave, yeah. because him and I grew up together. And uh, I had an Accord and an Integra, and he had a what? A Focus and a what? 
Oh, yeah, he had, a, he had an old that focus. Good. Can I just start uh, taking stabs at it? Cavalier, Sunfire. That's the, that's it. That's all I have. <laughs> no, fuck. But it was like I I was talking to him about a few months ago. I'm like, dude, what the fuck was wrong with us? Yeah, we were dumping every shred of money we had, which was none, into the smallest yeah. possible engine. The pistons are this big. Yeah, like, and it's like it's not expensive to 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 fab a muscle car. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. Chevy 350. But, <laughs> and that, that's the thing to me that's so great is like that conversation now, the, the landscape has shifted so much. Like import drag racing, drag racing in general is just sort of been on a decline. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. So now everybody's like, oh yeah, time attack and autocross and road racing and rallying and whatever. So like now there's a case for all of these smaller, more agile, nimble, you know, modern, modern chassis at the time. But like, you're absolutely right. At the time, what was anybody doing? Roll racing on the freeway. Yes. Like, yeah, Stoplight. No, Stoplight racing. Muscle cars are stupid, dude. I, Whatever, dude. Technology, bro. Dual red cams. Friggin' VTAC, dude. You heard the VTAC kick in, dude? Oh, I put drag sick. radials on my Integra. Oh, funny. So I could drop oh. the fucking clutch at 7,000 RPMs. But even then, the, the fucking engine was making 145 what? horsepower. I wasn't going to spin those tires New. anyway. Dude, my first rally car. My first rally car was a Type R. It's an Integra Type R. No. That was your Fuck, first yeah. rally car? No, big dude. actually my first car, basically. Okay. Um, but rally that still car still yes. is a cool first car, dude. It was dope. Dude, so I, type bars were unheard of for us. Like, they still are. We They're were more unheard of we now, just, dude. I, I heard some guy got a type R in Seattle, yeah, and yeah. like it's oh, 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 oh no oh, shit. Oh, oh, dude, was, was, can we go to it? Canary Yellow? <laughs> <laughs> what is it? It's Phoenix Yellow. Come on, dude. I thought it was Canary Yellow. It's Phoenix Yellow, Dave, bro. Check this out. I think he's full of shit. Phoenix Yellow. ITR. It's Canary Yellow. Google it. This motherfucker. Yeah. Championship White. Phoenix Yellow. And then the other one. Yeah. Whatever that one. Had a black. 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 Just black. Yeah. Black is night. Dude, type R. Um, yeah. So I was playing all these bands. And these dudes that I was hanging out with were like, yeah, building sick Integras and, you know, drag race and street race shit. And I was like, I don't get it, dude. I'm not like that. You know, cars are kind of cool, but like, I don't get the street racing thing. So I was playing Gran Turismo 3 at one of their houses. Between one sessions. One of the best Gran Turismo's, oh, by dude, the way. that's like, one. I'm Ace still spec, sad dude. that I lost my memory card that had oh. all my data on that. Do you think we can just get, you think we can get back to 99%? How quickly do you think we could marathon all the way through Gran Turismo 3? We should Twitch stream that. That sounds miserable. But Sign me also up. Fun. I'm in. I'm 100% Let's in. Let's build the set out around it ready. We'll just oh, slop. It's a lock in. Oh, Jesus. Oh, God. Oh, Jordan just left. He's like, nope, I got to go, guys. I'm sick that year. The, uh, so, could we play it on a computer, though, where we could actually use pedals and a steering wheel? Oh god! That's a question. I don't know what RS two. Does we have an RS two thirty two Mad Cat steering wheel they can send us? <laughs> like, because trying to trying to win all those races again like this, yeah. I don't think that's no, possible. No. Just think of the, the amount of time, like the calluses, like, dude. Like I remember the beating Gran Turismo two, and then three came out, and that Woo! was when the that was when the, the licenses really like dude. yeah. Yeah, but okay. two two was pretty solid too. Two was it. Two, and I think then, two was really where like that changed the game. That really evolved the landscape for like what was what a car game could be. And then three just drove the nail in the coffin of anything else. Yeah. Like that cemented Gran Turismo. Then, Doesn't matter how bad Gran Turismo could ever get from here, it will forever be the legacy. Three. Yeah. And and Tokyo Extreme Racing. Did play it. Sounds you dope. Didn't? Well, that Sounds was the sick, that bro. was the one game that you could you could buy every part for every oh, yeah. every Integra. Oh, like you could get yeah. a, a JDM Integra yeah. or a regular Integra. So it's Sick. like you got either Front the circle lights in. or the or the bar lights, and then you can buy all the different wings and arrows and shit like that. So it's like mm, I'm building. Yeah. You spend I'm fucking nine tuner. hours. You spend nine hours building your car, and then yeah. you get it. Then and you get on the freeway and you go 120 miles an hour. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh blast! 
<laughs> oh, blast. <laughs> yeah, no, I grew up in a house without video games, without cable TV, without inter- like internet, really. I had like some, uh, like the Lincoln logs that I found at my great grandpa's house when he passed away. So like playing video games in my friend's house, I was like, this is it. So I'm doing like Gran Turismo 3 and I'm like, this is, the, this is like, what the fuck is rallying? This is the thing, I'm for sure. So I told my dad. Oh, you just, this, this ties into you. Because I remember specifically Gran Turismo 3, the first Pikes Peak yeah. thing you do with totally. that fucking crazy Pikes Peak yeah. car because yeah. you get the car free for something. Remember? It's that big Pikes Peak climber car. The Scudo. Nobuhiro Tajima-san. <laughs> dude, Tajima is the greatest human being on planet Earth. The dude, so anybody who's played Gran Turismo, the Scudo Pikes Peak is an actual race car that was driven by a guy named Nobuhiro Tajima from Japan. And he ran Suzuki Sport for a long time. And every year he comes to Pike Speak. He's called Monster because he has, I forget what the condition is, but he has just this enormous head in his hands. Like, I have large hands. This man, like, I shake his hand, I go, mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> and he, uh, every year at Pike Speak, he, the same thing. He finishes, he wins, they come in, they go, oh, okay, and nobody here, Tajima. And he comes up, he goes, thank you to my family. Thank you to my fun. Thank you to uh, Pike Speak. See you next year. And he's so stoked. Every time he's so stoked. He's like, I got through the whole thing. And he's the nicest human being on planet Earth. Was he the first or what's he, his history with it? I, I, he just, he's, he he's built been, this car. He's just like, you know, Pikes Peak is this iconic race all yeah. over the world. Nobody here knows what it is. Like any good sports, everybody stays like, what's all that now? It's like, you drive up it and come, I don't know. All right, whatever. But, but in Japan. <laughs> there are like, any beer tents. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you stop in the middle for the beer. The beer's at the top. They ain't got no beer. And you're like, no, there's donuts at the top. We're like, fuck it, I'm in. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'll do it too. Hell yeah. I got donuts. That's, hey, y'all seen I got donuts up that son of a bitch. That's quite a rip. Straight up, dude. There's still dudes racing that with like a fucking IROC body tube frame Camaro situation. <laughs> You're kidding. And they're furious that it's paved still. I'm like, it's been paved for 10 years. Like, I get it. You know, it's a bummer. Because it wasn't but, paved in Gran Turismo 3. No, well, no, two. So two had two. Pikes Peak. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and no, it definitely wasn't paved. When I started racing, it still wasn't paved. And like, I remember people bitching then. It's like, yeah, fair enough. I get it. Like, you know, fucking weird lawsuits. The whole, the whole paving deal is a whole weird deal. But dudes are like still pissed about it. And they're still showing up in their fucking Camaros every year. And like, oh yeah, man, it's, man, it's bullshit. They paved this. And I'm like, dude, that was, that was nine years ago that they finished the 10-year paving project. And they're still pissed. They're so mad. Whatever. I'm going to have to change the jets on my carbonator. What the hell? Like, All right. All right, cool, guys. Let it rip. So I bowed out of Pike Speak after 11 years. But... Um, yeah. But you uh, hold records there. No, I didn't get records, oh, luckily. You the, hold wins. I, yeah, Championship I have, wins. I have records in my in my world. Yeah, I have records for the most number of times that somebody's turbo has fallen off two miles from the finish, which is like three. Um, so, <laughs> How does a turbo fall I don't want to talk about it. I actually got a call. I got to take it. Sorry. Bullshit. A lot of different ways, but mostly because a whole lot of really exceptional, very tired people built a car with me. It's like, turns out when you exclusively have volunteer labor, to build your race team. There's a whole lot of people who are like, I'll put the hours in, man, but I only have so many. And then, you know, race day comes and oops. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know multiple times. How many championships thing. do you have? Uh, I won the open class there 2008, 9, and 10. So, right. three years running. Wow. And it's, it was, you know, the first year you're like, this is it. Like, for sure, Red Bull will call me any minute now. And you're like, all right, fine, monster. <laughs> and phone must like, be broke. Yeah, and you're like, okay, fine, I'll take go fast. And then you're just like, I don't know, my friend Jimmy put some like, 
He put some pixie sticks in a cup. Maybe he'll call me and give me 20 bucks. Dude, after three years, my mom didn't even care. I'm like, oh, mom, we won. And she's like, that's nice. When are you home? Because I don't want to take care of your cats anymore. And I'm like, oh, I'm cats, mom. Shut up. That was an ongoing joke with our movie Rage 15 because it did. It was, it was one of the highest grossing independent films of 2016. And we kept, I, I would always say, hey, is Verizon working for you? My, my phone, you would think someone would I'm be like, hey, you guys, yeah. you guys made a movie that made the most money independently. Maybe, maybe you should make another one. Yeah. Like, oh, well, wait. For this phone to work anytime, man. Am I out of minutes? <laughs> hey, Timmy, take my rollover minutes. Are we good? <laughs> Damn, Boost Mobile, where you at? Hang on, put the antenna up. All right, it'll work now for sure. <laughs> Stop playing Snake Two. <laughs> All this thing got Tetris. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I feel that, man. I feel that in my bones, you know? <laughs> but just that's like, just like your whole life, dude. Yeah. I mean, you know, you do, like, you do the thing, and it's like, oh, I checked the box. This is it. Now I'm moving forward with my life. And then you just wake up the next day and you're like, Oh, wait, everything is nobody the same. cares. Yeah, the same thing. Same thing, no except cares. I have less money uh, and I'm sadder. And, <laughs> and then it, eventually it's supposed to convert into more money, but fuck, man, it takes a minute. You gotta like have a whole thing, have like plans and carry the one and do math and so shit. So you won and, the other two all just on your own? Yeah. yeah wow. just, just me and some buddies showing up and just back What was back. your car that you built? I had this, I had, dude, the first year I had this hood rat Evo 6 that we, I was building a Subaru and the dude I was getting to build the engine, he just full on, like, he just ghosted me on, <laughs> on, on like, you know, actually doing anything. So I like showed up to California to pick the engine up and he's like, oh yeah, yeah, it's right here. It's just, I just gotta, I just gotta, you know, I gotta go, I just gotta go to the machine shop real quick. And I was like, it's gotta go to the machine. And I'm machine like, oh, this is, I mailed you this just like this nine months ago. Got it. Okay. That's what's happening. So I, I called basically my whole history of racing is just like, Insert family member here. What's going on? Oh, it's just, I was just thinking about you. It just because I obviously love you so much. And like, hey, can I borrow like just like a little bit of money on it by this race car? So I got a whole business plan. And they're like, oh, fuck. So I found this Evo 6 that was a rally car. I use that term generously. That thing looked like it had, I basically just looked like it had been Pastrana's private training car for two decades, you know? <laughs> like, it was, bless its heart, that thing. Dude, the, the sheet metal was so soft in the spare tire tray from, like, gravel rash and then being hammered straight over the years. You could just walk up and, like, push it, and it would just go up, like, an inch. You just push it back down with your thumb. You're like, I don't think, metallurgically speaking, I don't think this is correct. And, uh, but it was an Evo 6, and it had, like, all the, you know, sick bits on it. I had AP brakes and, you know, rad shocks and anti-lag and whatever, and it turned on. And, dude, you fire the anti-lag on, anti-lag? Whew, it was so violently hilarious. I was like, I'll take it. And so... I bought it from this dude who owned a paintball field. How much was um, it? 20 grand. Oh, shit. The best thing though, dude, is here's what happens when I, I was 19. So here's what happens when you're 19 years old and you've like raised $20,000 from your family members and your friends and whoever, and you're just about to buy a rally car and you're like, what else does 20 grand get you? And then you're like, I'm going to go to the aircraft section of eBay. So for $19,999, <laughs> I could have bought and I thought about buying, would have a very different legacy, a freshly rebuilt, uh, by the Czech, I think it was the Czech military, yeah. Russian MiG fighter, ready to fly. Ooh. I was like, I don't know how to fly it, but I for sure can take it off. Yeah. And if my legacy is the guy who took off the MiG fighter and that was as far as he made it, I'll fucking take it. <laughs> but to be able to go on the aircraft section of eBay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? This was your actual path. Well, you, you know, like, okay. you know what? I like to party, man. You know that. So <laughs> why not? You know what I mean? I mean, it could have been me. That could have been me. Somebody else bought it. So you found this Evo 6. Found the Evo 6, bought it, brought it home. 
Why did this guy that owned a paintball field have an oh, Evo dude. 6 with anti-lag and AP this, oh, it's this Bless his heart. I'll let him remain anonymous. Um, <laughs> those who know him know him. He was he raced rallying for a while in the States. He was a Kiwi and uh, he was on his way to, I don't know, being deported or what, but he tried to right. date some 19-year-old and left his wife and was like, I meet a woman, she's going to change my whole life. And he like dyed his hair leopard print. And then she was like, I don't want to go out with you. You're old. And then... He like built her, this was some old Evo. He like rebuilt it for her and then, you know, they were going to race it and it just didn't happen. He was like, I can't look at it. It reminds me of my broken heart. You can have it for 20 grand. And I was like, all right, I'll take it. Sweet. <laughs> and uh, that poor car was just, was destroyed. So we ran that in 07 and we lost by, I don't know, like four seconds or something in our class. And so, oh, eight. Four seconds. How many yeah. people are racing this thing? Oh, this, this was in those days it was smaller field because it was when it was like while it was being paved. So I don't know how many people were in our class, but you know, 100 cars or something. Um, Still probably 10 120. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Um, anyway, so yeah, we were, we were like, man, we, we got really close. So the next year we came back and we're like, all right, let's do this. And uh, did you and, change anything with the car? Yeah, instead of having, instead of like having like paint and having it look like an Evo, we just had a roll of black vinyl and I gave everybody that was there scissors. And I was like, just cut shapes and stick them on the car because it looks awful. <laughs> and so we have this, I'll find you pictures of it, but there's this like, White Evo 6. We took the wing off. We're like, this doesn't do anything. This car's way too slow. So we just threw everything away that weighed anything. We just cut black vinyl and miscellaneous shapes, including somebody hand cut a truck boat truck and put it on the roof of the Evo. Damn. Yeah, dude. The thing was sick. That's a fucking hidden gem. uh, Yeah, it was in there. And uh, yeah, we we just kept it together, except for when I backed into a snowbank, which I'm the only person, I think, to crash a car into snow in July in this hemisphere. (laughs) (laughs) It was back full on backed into a snowbank and I was like, shit, that's it. It's all over. And I was like, oh, four wheel drive. Hell yeah. And I pulled out and made it to the top. And there's this other dude from New Zealand there who's now one of my dearest friends in this crazy tube chassis Evo. And I was like, we can't beat him. Like qualifying times. He was just like a minute faster than us. We're like, yeah, game over. But um, he's been to Pike Speak three times and has finished zero. So he just drove right off the side and uh, <laughs> just drove right off the side. And one of the places where like you drive off the side and you're like, oh shit, mate, it was no good. Winch that back out, I guess, instead of like the shit. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, no, we've we've finished, and you know, it's like that's the thing about Pike Speak and and all racing that's so crucial is like to finish first. First, you must finish, and I think people lose, especially at Pike's Peak, where it's this, it's it's like this is it. This is this is you know, this is your one moment to shine. Most of the people who are at Pike's Peak, it's this is their whole race, this is their whole year. They'll build a car for Pike's Peak. They've you know want to do this their entire lives, and you know, it's the closest that that those of us who, you know, who haven't been in the military are going to come to having that trauma bond of like war buddies, you know, to be on top of Pike Speak on race day with other people who think that's a good way to spend your time and money. Like, it's a really unique bond. And so the people, I mean, the friendships I've made there are, are the most incredible we've ever had, you know, and, and is truly is like, for all the just violent amounts of money that I didn't have that I burned there over 11 years, um, <laughs> I get like my blood pressure just spikes thinking about it. Um, the number of times you come home from Pike Speak, you check your bank account, you're like, well, that's not fun. Um, <laughs> but yeah, dude, it's just really exceptional. And so, you know, just to finish is such a huge deal. And, and that was proof for us. We got three championships in a row by, by really focusing so this on is, finishing. That's the next year though. So we're on yeah. year two with the Evo. Mm-hmm. This is that, a new Evo. That one you just, you you finished. We finished 08 and then nobody else did. So that's how math works. So oh, there's yeah. like three or four of the cars in the class that finished, but nobody that was like, there's four or five of us that were, you know, quick. Competing. And they all, yeah, there's a lot. So of, you won. Yeah, all I right. won that. So so what do you do after your first win? Now, now they get you more money from your family because you won, right? 
Yeah, that's it. I was like, this All right, was guys, the sales pitch. The Ponzi scheme. Let's go. Come on, find three friends. And uh, no, I did the the best moment of that. Pike speaks dope because when you on, after the race, you drive down from the summit, and on the way down, everybody, all the fans line the road and you know high five, and it's the fucking coolest thing in the world. And uh, I remember coming around a corner and all my family's there. I saw my little cousin first and, and he's like, you know, jumping up and down, super stoked. Obviously they heard over the radio that we you got won. a nice checkered flag. And, yeah. Is it not like NASCAR? Yeah. No, that's the only check we get in racing is the <laughs> checkered flag. And, <laughs> and I come around a corner and like, as soon as I saw my dad standing there, you know, like he sees me and then like, I see my dad lose it. I see my dad cry once in his life and it was when our cat died. You know, when I was like 13 <laughs> and I see my dad and he fucking loses it. And I was like, shit. And then I was fucking gone, you know? So that was, um, the first year. And it was just really special. Like a lot of my family was there and, you know, folks who had watched me try and do this for five years, um, at that point. So yeah, it was really amazing. So next year we bought a fancier Evo from the same fucking dude. <laughs> the other, his you second party. To him? How'd this go? <laughs> Another girl, girl new girl, girl. <laughs> same one. <laughs> Same girl. Dude, he built her. He built her like this custom, you know, Pikes Peak Evo. And he's like, yeah, we're going to, she's going to, and then it just, that never, nothing ever happened there. So he's like, oh, we built her this fancy car and it's so, it's, and I can't look at it. And I was like, hell yeah, I know how this one worked. <laughs> this time I negotiated a little better and it came with better spares. <laughs> was was also a soggy turd though. So we just spent like, I I ran that car, what, uh, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. I ran that car for six years there. It was still a turd by the end. Like <laughs> We would just every year be like, polish it up, boys. Change some parts out. It sucks less. All right, fuck it. Send it. And, uh, so 9 and 10, it was just like the same, you know, spec uh, car. Yeah, it was so bad. 2009, I think our coil packs died like right off the start line. We're like, hell yeah, we figured everything out. This thing's fast as shit. And then I'd get a mile in. You'd be like, what? What? Yeah, like the ignition would just cut mid corner for two seconds. Oh God! All the way up. So you're like, well, every thirty seconds, it's just going to cut out. So I hope it doesn't cut out mid corner. Oh, it does. All right, cool, got it. <laughs> so that's we're going to do that now. So, and then 2010, we got two miles from the finish, and there's a the last transition from gravel to pavement. I was like sideways in the car, and I was like, hell yeah! And then I hit the pavement, and I forgot you got a lift. You can't be like violent wheel spin and then hit asphalt because it'll just destroy all of the things in the back. So it blew the diff out. So I had like, uh, oh no, sorry, broken axle. And so I had like, you know, sort of one wheel drive to the finish, cross the line, like 18 <laughs> miles an hour. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Did one of those deals and was like, oh, we lost. But the, the guy we were competing against who was also in an Evo, also named Dave, um, <clears throat> and also had more talent than money uh, or <laughs> the other way around, maybe. I don't know. I think maybe we didn't have any of either at the time. But he... Uh, he like, he was so, we had, we had just fucked them all week. People, he, cause he was asking me, he was like, Hey, what's, what's Dave running on the Evo? And so we would just tell people all kinds of weird shit. So we were anywhere from like 80 to 900 horsepower. We had like, we're running like 60 pounds of boost or like four. Uh, <laughs> and the car was like perfect and had been tested or it was the first time I'd driven it. He didn't really know which. So he was just like, man, I don't know. So their strategy was like, all right, big time, like big boost launch control right off the line, which is great because high speed's a rolling start. You have like 200 feet before the actual timing starts. Yeah. So like, Big launch control is a bad idea. It's a real bad idea. So they're like anti-lag launch control and he blew a charge pipe at the start line. So we did the whole thing with like three pounds of boost. So we were like, bummer, we broke an axle. Like we lost. Oh, well. He comes across the finish line. I was like, you know, I got my water bottle out. I was like, oh, I'll give him the old champagne spray. His co-driver threw her notes on the dash and I was like, oh, shit. And they got out and they're like, fuck my phone. I was like, what happened? Like, fucking blew a charge pipe at the start line. I was like, oh, wait, you guys blew a charge pipe. 
oh, oh, super sorry. Hey, can you have time real quick? And they're like, you got it. I was like, fuck yeah, three in a row. And I was like, I should just stop now because that's a turkey and I ain't going to get any better. <laughs> so, yeah. But I kept showing up for years until finally I was like, this doesn't feel healthy anymore. This is dysregulated and not effective. So we're so. not going to do it again is what you're saying. I think this Now might- that I'm here? I mean, well, let's party. I'll go, I'll go back to the peak. I'll just, <laughs> man, I know it real good. And it, <laughs> Do you even need a co-driver at this no, point? No, no, no. They banned co-drivers in 12 after really? Jeremy Foley, which most people know if you say Evo and Pike speak, they're like, I know Evo and Pike speak. And it's like, ah, tumble down the side. Oh, so, that happened? Big time. Yeah. Yeah. Was he, really okay? he was. Yeah. He and his co-driver both walked away um, unscathed. And it, yeah. Bilko just did Pike speak in a Porsche. Yeah, he did. He did. I mean, he wouldn't. He, he couple told, times. told me about it. Yeah. Last week. Did you understand him? No. Neither. Can you understand no. him? I spotted for him. So the only thing worse than trying to understand what Bilko's it's, saying is understand what Bilko's saying in a race car on a radio while he's driving in anger. How does that nope. sound? Ah, <laughs> oh, danger dive, mate. Yeah, nice. Six spark day. Okay, cool. Yep. Yeah, that Sounds literally good. sounded. Yeah. Do a shoey. <laughs> <laughs> Do a shoey, but out of your asshole, mate. Yeah, nah, 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 yeah, yeah, nah, 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 yeah. What's your stage rally history like? Started rallying in 2004. It was my my first event ever was the rally to Paris in Paris, Texas, which is on a National Guard base. They sent all the troops home for Thanksgiving and we'd get to run on the tank training roads. Um, so that was the coolest. That event was so sick. They Those after wide and deep. Oh, it's so dumb. They have a tank trap. So like you come in, it's like triple caution tank traps. You come over this hill and you're flat out in like fifth gear and then you're like fourth, third, second, first. And there's just a three foot just hole in the ground. And they like put some cinder blocks in it and some two by fours over it. And they're like, just go slow. And uh, so that, was, that event was incredible. Just like super rad. And then eventually the National Guard was like, so we've done this for like 14 years. Have we recruited anyone or like what's happening with no nobody's nobody's joined then okay i don't think we're gonna do this anymore just a bunch of guys <laughs> showing up and driving yeah. on this it's a bunch of dudes like some like in cowboy boots or birkenstocks or everything in between because rallying is bizarre and they're all driving like <laughs> mustangs and integras apparently and like the you old showed Subarus up with an integra and, to this yeah dude i party yeah <laughs> i party and uh yeah so that was my first event um i did a handful of events we won the regional at snowdrift in 2008 was my first time ever racing on snow and ice I went to Team O'Neill Rally School in 2007. Um, would have been three years into after, yeah, I'd done two and a half seasons at that point, kind of whatever events we could afford. Um, and that was a game changer, like getting to go go learn at O'Neill and and uh, and getting some fundamentals from Wyatt Knox, the, at the time lead instructor up there, um, who most people will know now. Wyatt does all the, the videos for Team O'Neill. Um, awesome program, rad facility. Was super stoked just to like apply and be like, got it. These are the fundamentals that we need. Um, and that was from there was kind of when, when things started really clicking. But it wasn't long after that. Really, 2008, we ran three or four events. And that was when I was like, dude, we just don't have the budget to do this. I'm not, I just, you know, it, it unfortunately, the reality with motorsport is like a lot of sports, you just either, you, it, that's exactly it. It's like you start out with ones in a barrel just on fire. And you're like, hey, let's go to fives now, you know? Let's and go then, to stacks. And then it's just you're writing checks like 700,000 to pot. And then 700,000, you just fucking oh, incinerating. <laughs> Some dude just volume. on the lighter yeah, fluid. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> it's just a fucking fire truck of, of just pure gas burning and torching money at an alarming rate. But um, yeah, I just, you know, I like had the come to Jesus moment of like, dude, I, I'm not, this isn't, this isn't going to happen. I can't, I can only, you know, max out so many credit cards. Um, so yeah, I, 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 uh, I ran my four, five, six, seven, eight, five years, you know, fairly competitively wherever we could. 
in uh, 2009 is when we started kind of writing the, the initial program for the rally school. And that took a few years before we started teaching in 2012. Okay. So yeah. What, and what drove you to that? Like when you were like, okay, let's do the school. Let's, yeah. let's go back to Texas. Let's, yeah. Let's start something that makes money. Yeah, it makes money. I mean, definitely like, you know, the genesis, I think, of any good idea is the right amalgamation of being something that you're really passionate about and something that you at least in some way think can actually make money. Um, it's hard as a kid, you know, as in my early mid-20s at the time, it's, it's hard to, it's hard as a kid to like really have a vision that it's like, this is really going to be something that's profitable that people are going to want to do. Um, so I really wrote it from a standpoint of just wanting to, wanting to really disrupt what, what was happening in, in uh, motorsport education as a whole. There's a lot of, by default, an industry that's, that's built around a bunch of dudes getting together and seeing who's the fastest. There's a lot of ego and there's a lot of, you know, it's a high, high testosterone environment. And as such, like a lot of the way that, that, that information is disseminated um, is really focused on like this, like, yeah, you know, let's just fucking get in the car and it's a bunch of race car drivers who are pissed off that they're having to teach because they'd rather be racing. And so they just get in the car and like, yeah, do this, do this, do this. Fuck, fuck, you know, is it time? Can I go yet? Can I get my $250 for the day and then go spend it on tires? Um, so, so like I wanted to build something where all of those things that make motorsport, what it is, all of what makes the dudes coming in and the women coming in participating feel really validated, you know, and feel really heard and really seen, um, in a way that, that was just a little bit different. So we just wrote a slightly different curriculum than anybody else had going. And we managed to do what takes a lot of schools, two, three, four days. We managed to get into a day, day and a half. Um, and what watching you guys was proof of that, right? It's like watching people who have aptitude, who, who, who have some understanding of what's happening, come into the space and immediately connect with our team, get in the cars. And you're like, we're going to drive a Honda Civic around in a field. We're like, sure are. And then you do that for a while. And you're yeah, like, cause I had no clue. It. I I have no experience. No, yeah. nothing. I mean, even, even being in a car with Steve, but we were road racing, but I yeah. didn't, I didn't know any of this shit worked the way it did until you guys yeah. went through your course. Yeah. And that, I mean, but that's the thing you, you have, you have the aptitude and you had the ability to just come in humble and be like, I'm here to learn, you know? And, and, um, and when people are able to do that, and that's what we try and create an environment where people don't feel like they have to come in and prove anything, you know, like you don't have to come in and tell us how fucking cool you are. I get it. You're here. You spend money on my business by default. That makes you cool. Right. Like <laughs> that's the most, I mean, that's one of our core values is like treat every client like an investor, because the reality is you don't have a business if people don't buy your product or your service. Um, and you know, I think we often will treat, in a lot of industries will, you know, there's... We alienate newcomers. I mean, look at do. skateboarding. Totally. They killed the sport. Yeah. I strongly believe when you look at the arc of, of professional skateboarding, like it, it was the culture that mm. deleted that from a younger generation. Interesting. Because they were mean. Yeah. They're not inviting. I mean, look, they ate Sheckler alive. Like yeah. when Sheckler was on, was about to hinge where he was getting mainstream attention to a sport that didn't have mainstream sponsors. Yeah. Like your street comps, your vert comps did not have target tied and, yeah. and, and freaking BP and things that like NASCAR and things have like, and Sheckler was bringing the sport to that. And then the skaters just said, sell out, fuck you, pull the legs out from under it. And now look at it. Yeah. You have, you have one skate shop every 200 miles now. Yeah. Like, yeah. And that's, I mean, that's a good point. I didn't even think about that. And that's, that's been something that, you know, we've been working with Bucky Lassick for a few seasons and same thing. It's been, you know, for, for him, especially watching vert skateboarding even more so he's like vert, like vert's, you know, was dead two years ago, basically. And, and seeing a little bit of a cultural revolution there, I think, but, but yeah, man, it's like, how many sports does that happen to, you know? Quite a bit. Yeah. And this is, well, that's, that's one thing that I, that I tip my hat to freestyle motocross with yeah. is because coming from skateboarding and then getting introduced to FMX with Travis 
and seeing how those guys interact with each other, they are all happy for each other yep. at all times. It yeah. is like, holy shit, you just that did was that. Sick as fuck. Fuck, yeah. fuck I, yeah. I guess I gotta try now. And it's all very positive energy. It's not a Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. This is mine. Like Well, and that's I mean, that that competition is what breeds innovation. Like if you want to get to the heart of of what what is good in, in anything, you know, in a capitalist society, like that's the, when you get to that place where where that innovation can breed competition and where that can, you know, that uh rising tide, you know, that's that is that's how it's supposed to be. And I think drifting's done that in motorsport really well. I think yeah. drifting, especially the grassroots level, inviting. is really, the grassroots level of drifting is like, kids can come in and be like, oh, I want to get into drifting. And, you know, sure, they'll get a little trolled here and there. But for the most part, like, there's going to be people willing to be like, yeah, totally, here's what you can do. And I think rallying is very much that. I rolled into my first rally thinking like, all right, here we go. I'm going to be around a bunch of like cool dudes. And the dude's like, Hi, uh, I'm Richard Miller, and I'm like this Canadian tuxedo, you know, 55 year old man. Is Dentist. this is the sport? Like, <laughs> oh, okay, like, you know, and and it is, especially at that time, it was not a young sport. Like Travis and I, I was 17, Travis was 23 when we were first, you know, racing Pikes Peak together. Um, you know, back in, I mean, same same year, and uh, and it was like that was not a young sport. Like we we stuck out like sore thumbs as young people getting involved. Um, and that was, again, that sort of going back to, to the school for me, that was the big goal is like, can we, can we create a space that feels safe for everybody? They feel like they can come in and just be themselves. They don't have to, they don't have anything to prove. Um, we just don't foster a lot of space for people's big attitudes and egos and tell us all about like, here's the red key for my Hillcat. I'm like, Oh honey, that's sweet. You know, <laughs> um, you, you're going to be humbled very quickly when you get in a Honda Civic, you know, and two hours in and you're like, I thought I was going to drive Subarus all day. And I'm like, you can, if you don't want to learn anything, but like, as you know, the way we've set up our curriculum, it progresses and, and each exercise really requires a certain um, platform. And once you get through that, then all of a sudden it clicks and there's that epiphany moment and that light bulb comes on and then you get in the four-wheel drive turbo car and it's like, everything works. Um, and I think that's my goal really is like to be able to do that in a short period of time where somebody like you can come for a day and have the experience you did, which is leaving there being like, I want to do this. Like, I don't want people to have an experience that's like, all right, man, that was great. Come back tomorrow and you'll start to learn a little bit more. And somebody comes for a three to five day program. It's like, most of us can't, we can't do five days of something that's a hobby out of the gate. Yeah. I need to know where I'm at with something quick. Try like, totally. I want to yeah, try but, And how many people am I going to bring in on my journey? Exactly. Documenting this whole thing. Totally. Like, especially showing what, what you guys show in the beginning of your course that you don't need some big expensive car. <clears throat> yeah. You can do a fucking shit Civic. With yeah. dirt tires. Totally. Totally. <laughs> I mean, you had to put dirt tires on it. Shoot, boy. Them uh, Starfire SF uh, 430, 340s, man. They were like 38 bucks a pop when we started the school. I was like, I'll take a pallet of those. Those things last forever. <laughs> um, as long as you're on steel wheels, who cares if you debate it? You're like, that wheel's trash. Get another one. But <laughs> the, um, no, I mean, that's the thing. I think, I think having the humility with that, like for us building the brand, it's always been that difficult place of, you know, having cool Instagram posts matters. Matters to the brands. It matters to the clients. Like people want to come have an awesome time and they want to be able to put up a cool Instagram post. That was never my focus when we started. I was like, I don't give a shit what it looks like. Like, are you learning what you need to learn? So that's been the big evolution now. It's like, okay, we have to we have to have something that's cohesive enough where people can drive the things they need to drive to learn and then they can get the photos and the video that they want and need to be able to go show people like, yo, this is the coolest thing in the world. Um, because you just don't having... Uh, there's nothing else out there that offers as cohesive and as, as really uh, thorough of a curriculum as what we're doing. Um, but you know, other places have cooler looking cars, so, you know, at least at face value. And that's, that's the piece that for us has been, you know, a long time getting there. And, and I think people have now sort of recognized Jordan actually pointed out uh, a while ago. He's like, dude, in the industry, 
people who work at other schools and work other places know about the Rally Ranch. And that for us is, that's like, that I couldn't be happier with that. You know, people come to Coda, we're 15 minutes from Circuit of the Americas. So guys come to Coda to go racing and they're like, dude, we got to go check out the Rally Ranch. And so we just get, you know, every character on the planet there. Um, I put Daniel Ricardo once in a Honda Civic. That was about the most hysterical 20 minutes of my life. How'd it go? Oh, dude. He shows up and he's like, so this is like your house, dude? Yeah, he's like, that's cool. I'm pretty scared of dogs though, so let's not have that. And I was like, sorry, you're what? So I'm going to out Daniel Ricardo as being afraid of dogs. <laughs> full on, full on, like terrified of dogs. Like he walked up the steps and he's like, yeah, nah, bro, that's not for me. Nah, I'm not going to do it. And I was like, what's that? And he's like, I don't, I don't, I don't fuck with dogs. I'm like, they're not dingoes, dude. Like they're fine. They're quite domesticated. He's like, nah, not happening, dude. Like All right. wild dog fear. So yeah. So he gets in the civic, like I drive around for a couple laps and, uh, and he's like, you know, he's like all wide-eyed, like, what the fuck? And then he gets in the driver's seat and he sits, he sits there and he's got his little helmet on and we're in the same Civic you drove the other day. And he goes, yeah, so like, what do I do? And I was like, well, I mean, you get paid a lot to do something that's vaguely similar. And he goes, nah, mate, I don't think you understand. I've never driven a fucking car with a roof on it. I don't know what the fuck's going on with this. <laughs> like, fair <laughs> enough. So like, dude, that was one of the coolest experiences ever because, you know, one of the things you learn... So they're all paddles, aren't they? The, the oh yeah 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 F one like, cars so, yeah that's a different so planet he there's even, no parallel like there's <laughs> nothing like an F one car you're like this dude you're laying down your feet are like same height as a wheel and he's like yeah no nah, I don't like they I'm even have a clutch a, I think it's are they hand clutch in F one cars or yeah, yeah there you go from my so, consultant so he here. doesn't even he's he even no how idea to get this thing going he has no I I mean he, you know he knows how but like but what's what's dope like. You know, when you get good at anything, but especially driving and coaching and instructing, like you, you realize over the years, like, oh, okay, cool. I'm, it, you don't have to be an Olympic athlete to be an Olympic coach, which means I don't have to be the best driver in the world to be able to offer a lot of value to anybody who gets in the car. So whether you're a brand new driver, you've been rallying for a hundred years, you know, you've done a bunch of other racing, whatever, like our team, we've built a curriculum where anybody can get in the car and we can help. But like, I hadn't tested that at the level of like a race winning F1, current F1 driver sitting next to me. And so it was it was one of the most incredible experiences to sit next to somebody and to like go into the first corner and I'm just giving them like little tiny bits of, you know, feedback and tips here and there. And I'm like, just, we don't do any exercises. We just start doing laps. And yeah. I'm like, you know, I'm like a little bit of wheel, add a little bit of left foot brake. And I'm like, basically, you know, hold the brake on as long as you want the car to slide off the brake when you want to sort of straighten out. It's front wheel drive. So be mindful of this and pay attention. Yeah. And he's like laughing his ass off. And all of a sudden it like, once it, you can see the moment that it clicks, there's that epiphany moment when he, when he like builds just enough muscle memory to understand what's happening. And then he goes from laughing to like silent, deadpan, serious. And it was like watching him just execute a software program. He's like, got it. And then it just went into the like AI mode of just like improve, 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 improve. So the first lap, it was hilariously awful. The second lap, I was like, that's decent. The third, these are 30 second laps. The third lap, I was like, that's are you, how you doing do the that. palm loop? We're doing, so we're just going down the runway and then doing the infield. And that's it. Not even yeah. doing palm loop. And uh, I literally like a 35 second lap in a Honda Civic. So like, that's not a lot of track. And and by the fourth lap, I was like, yeah, no, that's, that's it. That's how we do that. Fifth lap, I'm like, nah, I don't, that's pretty much as fast as anybody's done that. And then by like the eighth lap, I was like, all right, I'm learning now. I don't know what's happening. Anymore. <laughs> that's, and it's because... You just went into full-blown race yeah, mode. Because, just, I mean, there's, there's, a, there's just a difference between a human being that has been born, bred, and like curated mm-hmm. since childhood to do one thing and one thing only and nothing else, right? Well, two in his case, make god-awful jokes and drive race cars. That's it. Like that's Daniel <laughs> Ricardo in a nutshell. And uh, I was just really, I mean, it was like, it was this 
this really amazing combination of like humbling and validating to get to sit next to him and do that. And it was, and it was just shit on a fun. Um, yeah, it was just super rad to like watch him learn this new thing from scratch in, you know, 20 minutes. Did you get him addicted? And, no, no. He was like, yeah, cool. I'm going to, I don't really like driving that much, but I get paid pretty good for it. So I'm going to go back and do that some more now. And, <laughs> yeah. Make like weird art installations out of t-shirts, whatever the fuck it is he does. And that's it. So, but we I was, did, I did, I, admit, I will he say. freaking got a dick. Like, I mean, like, he I like, you know, this. went and got a razor. I'll take credit for it. The one thing that he did get from that weekend though. So he was in Texas because he was doing a helmet trade with uh, Dale Jr. Right before Dale Jr. Retired. So he was at the NASCAR race. So they pulled in. And I was like, man, Danny Rick into NASCAR race. And they were like, fuck. It's like, you went to a fucking NASCAR race and you didn't give him a fucking NASCAR nickname? And they're like, damn, we fucked up. And two weeks later on the F1 broadcast, and there he goes, Danny Rick in a turn three. And I was like, fuck you, that's mine. So I gave him his fucking nickname and they fucking stole it. And I want my money. I don't know what money there is. Like we were talking about earlier. I'm like, I was maybe involved with that. So I should be Give paid. it to me. Give it to me. That's, that's mine. It. Here's my PayPal. Send it over. Venmo's fine. I don't have cash app. Checks made out to cash are also fine. I also accept just checks mix. I just, somebody tell me that I'm loved, please. I'm fine. I'll, I'll just take Jesus. Jesus I'll take please. Jesus. Fuck it. I don't, I don't even need the mix. I don't even need a damn Triscuit. I probably need milk to dunk it in because that's the saddest cracker there ever was, but I fucking party, I guess. How did we get to Triscuits? I don't know. Dude, you're the only person to connect Daniel Ricardo to Triscuits in a matter of one minute. Watch, he's going to be sponsored by fucking Triscuit in three weeks. Mark my fucking words. I'm an influencer. The whole F1 that's car it. is the Triscuit car. It's just the texture of a Triscuit. <laughs> and it's got a it's milk like, jug on it. <laughs> That's mine! Where's my money? Where's my money? <laughs> That's my milk at Triscuit! I invented Triscuit milk! <laughs> or whatever! Alright? Fuck. Triscuit milk. That's so the then mess. who did you bring out and get addicted? Oh, dude, I mean, all kinds of people. I mean, everybody who comes gets in some way addicted and financially ruined. Um, <laughs> It's just, I try to be really, that's, I will say, that's the thing that in, in motorsport is like, it's, there's just like a handful of, you know, shops and teams and schools and places that are vying for everybody. And like, especially I raced, you know, Baja for a few years and off-road. You won Baja. We did. We won the Baja 500. you got kicked off the team. I got kicked <laughs> off the team. They were like, you're going too fast. I was like, all right, man, whatever. <laughs> I, I guess I don't know how racing works, but um, it's, you know. You win behind, get kicked <laughs> off the team. I was like, well, that was great. And they're like, yeah, I mean, we liked winning, but like, could you not? Maybe. I'm like, oh, <laughs> Why are you there? <laughs> you know, I, I think here's the thing. Now, when I was in school, now, I've heard of new math. Have you yeah. heard of new math? No. Okay. So when we was doing math in school, okay, I was like, excuse you, dear Aunt Sally, right? That's it. That was PEMDAS, parentheses, exponents, multiplication, fine, divisors, additors, and subtractors, right? So I think cause now they got that new math where it takes an hour to solve 16 minus 5, right? It takes like an hour. It's a 46-step problem. You got to phone a friend. You got a 50-50. It's a whole thing. Regis Spielberg shows up, you know? It's like a, it's a thing. That's new math. I think the off-road math is even different. I think they're just like, it's sad math. I'm like, what? I thought it was PEMDAS. They're like, no, it's SAMDUM. What? What is it? DAP slip. What the hell? I don't know these damn acronyms. So best I can tell, because when I had done, had learned how to had drive a race car, it was go be the best one that goes to the front faster and then wins. 
And then I got the I got the trophy prize, and they said you did it wrong. So I was like, you know what? <laughs> I think I'm gonna retire. <laughs> I'm gonna be a consultant now because clearly oh, no, I don't. Okay. Well, now it just makes me like like is is the Baja just an excuse to get away from your wife? <laughs> Funny you should mention. I mean, yes, it totally is. I, Look, honestly, hey, we didn't want to win. If you break the truck, you can't get away from her on the next race. Uh, no, I mean, it, like, it, for that is that is what motorsport is for most people, right? Like, people who get it, it's not merit based anymore, right? When cigarette money left, when alcohol money left, when like when the the '90s economy when it was fun, yeah, right, yeah, whatever creams your corn. But the, when you could be a human and not, uh, oh my yeah. god, he said what? He tweeted yeah, what? Yeah. Get out of here! The, it's, like, it's NASCAR. Yeah. <laughs> what did you expect from a man who has two first names? <laughs> okay, the. But like the economy in the '90s was a different planet, and yeah. and there was merit-based racing was a thing. So people like if you were the best, you probably were going to be a professional driver. And now it's like you have to be the best at making money to be a professional race car driver. Simple as that. And so it really is. It is a for so many people, it's just an escape, and they know that. Like they're spending money to go do something they're passionate about, and it's just an escape. And honestly, in a lot of ways, that's part of what makes you know off-road and rallying really magic is because there's in the right environment with the right people, like. There's just none of the, like we were talking about, there's none of the attitude of people being like, well, I got to blah, 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 and this and that. And I think that's the place where, you know, some of my experience in, in off-road is that culturally, there's the like wrong blend of that, of people who know they're not going to be competitive, but it's still this like fucking, you know, shit show of, of people trying to prove how badass they are. And it's just like, who can outspend who to have the best shocks and the biggest truck and the coolest shit? And like, I just don't fucking care is the bottom line. <laughs> well, that's, uh, well, that's another thing about motorsports is some of them, take it way too seriously. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, AMA totally. is one example. Yeah, it's yeah. like, it's like you guys treat this like it's, it's polo. Like, yeah. like we're all getting on our horses at the country yeah. club and we're going to do like, yeah, it's part of Fort Leroy, would you bring me my racket? <laughs> what? <laughs> whereas, whereas it's like, take a fucking piece of the playbook. Yeah. And this is, this is exactly what I was, I, I kind of was talking about ARX. Like yeah. ARX is fucking cool. Yeah. Like, when going the to Coda, awesome. going to Coda and watching that is fucking cool. People should be watching that, yeah. but fucking twelve show up. Yeah. Well, when you force your drivers to be these personality lists, just yeah. perfect, you know, proper. Well, yeah. well, you know, we're running synthetic today. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Man, that number fucking... twenty-eight Castrol uh, Coke Diet Coke uh, Diet Mountain Dew Cherry Coke Pepsi uh, uh, Publishers Clearinghouse Number Forty-Three Chevy Dodge Ford. Man, coming up in turn three, I got insert fucking bullshit here. Save me. Take a page out of the UFC. How did yeah. the UFC get so popular so fast? They 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 had manufactured drama. Yeah. I'm going to talk shit to you on the internet before we get to the race. Yeah. People want to see it. <laughs> That's just the evolution of the WWE play, but really, if we're <laughs> yeah, honest, you yes, know. It's 100%. That's what I'm talking about. I mean, and now, even American politics have adopted oh, it. Oh, 100%. 100%. <laughs> it is WWE. Oh, my God. <laughs> Save us from ourselves. <laughs> Dear but baby Jesus. If you want people to show up and watch, you've got to give some reason. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, you do. And you have to give, you have to give people enough latitude to, you know, to, to be, to be personalities and to, and to create the culture and the brand, because exactly as you said, like ARX and, you know, World Rally Cross and, and any, I mean, any motorsport, um, brilliant series, really, really well run. And in terms of, you know, the, the competition is amazing, but yeah, we have to put a lot of focus on building personalities and building brands around drivers. And, you know, it's one of the things, even just talking to, uh, you know, some of the guys in other teams at, you know, higher level of the sport in the U S is like, that's a, that's difficult. You put in, you know, we've, we've seen like Subaru had, you know, when Bucky was racing with Subaru, 
Bucky's Bucky. He's a big personality. He's a good driver, and he's a just a really sweet dude, and and uh, and he's funny on camera, and um, he does well. And you know, we put these other professional drivers in, and they're amazing, and they get results. But, but the 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 silent, yeah, boring. you lose the culture. They're they're not fun. They're you not lose funny. the culture. Yeah, yeah totally. And uh, yeah. But at least with ARX, like anyone can go and watch it because whoever gets in front. It stays yeah. in front wins, so it's not confusing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which now I've been to the Daytona 500, and I'm like, wait, what? Huh? What the, the hell? Fuck? The competition what place is in it? What, what place is everybody in? How does this work? I don't get it. I, don't, I, don't get I still don't understand. I'm 36. I don't uh, understand NASCAR. I don't, under, I don't get it. I don't understand football neither. I see that. I'm like, a down. How many downs you got? And then people are like, yeah, I don't like all those rallies too, so I don't understand it. And then they're like, but I got a, I got a 72 tab spreadsheet from a fantasy league, and I'm like, what the fuck? I don't know what's happening. I don't get it at all. I'm terrible. I'm terrible American. I'm like, I just like race cars, little at tiny least ones. With stage, and, it's fastest time. That's it. Yeah, yeah. we don't that's have it. to. We don't have to be doing. New math. Yeah. That, see, Figure that's out the thing. who the fuck's winning. I was fine with long division, but whatever the fuck we're doing now, that's some other shit entirely. Oh, but that is alien math. That's it. It's, it's that's Bill, it. Bill Gates math. I don't I don't know. I don't care to consort with those of the robot race. So, <laughs> that's, uh, I do not believe in digits above or below the number nine. That's the one. <laughs> see? Man. He knows. Damn. Y'all know he knew. Damn. That boy good. So... For a beginner that wants to come out there and do the intro at your at your school, how much yeah. does that cost? So our one day class is I think fourteen hundred bucks, maybe. I just for one person, place. yeah, for one person. Um, but honestly, right now, like during COVID, especially, we've just done a ton of private training. It used to be forty five hundred bucks a day to come do that. We just sort of like went through everything. We're like, we'll carry the one, do some of that new math, and so it's it's basically. Um, it's like 2,500 bucks a day now to do a one-on-one private. So we cut the price in half and that's the best value anywhere. Cause instead of being in a group of 10 people, you're one-on-one with an instructor. Um, which means regardless of where you are in your learning experience or what you're wanting to do or how you're wanting to apply the curriculum makes it super easy just to learn whatever it is that you need to learn. Um, and then we can build sort of, you know, and you guys are conveniently programs. right outside Austin. Conveniently 30 minutes from, from Austin, the, Texas, <laughs> from the airport. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. We're right there. Um, yeah. Fly I think this is something in. a lot of our audience is going to dig. I mean, totally. I had a blast. Yeah. I'd want to do it again. I reckon we had a good time. Yeah. You and me, we was about 30 seconds and we we're like, this will be, this will work. We'll be fine. Yeah. yeah. We held yeah, long eye contact and Leave I was like, me alone. Look away everybody else go away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this has turned into a one-on-one. <laughs> yeah. The spot, the spotlight just sort of slowly came down on the two of us. <laughs> we can make it if we try. What are you racing this year? Anything? Yeah. I'm running the oh, whole ARA series. Yeah. I'm running the whole ARA series in, uh, what is that? Uh, American Rally Association, the national championship in the U.S. currently for rallying, um, the only one. It's like ebbs and flows. It's like SCCA There's Rally one in America. March, right? Yeah, so we are Minnesota. First, our first round is next week in Michigan. Okay, and then March is Hundred Acre Wood in Missouri. Missouri. Um, I think we might be going to that. Hell yeah. Let's party. Man, it's going to be good. Hunter <laughs> Wood's great. Maybe while we're there, we can get a hold of the Missouri Tourism Association and see if they'll go for my pitch that they need to be like, come on down, Missouri Loves Company. Because I think that's really what their <laughs> tourism slogan needs to be. Missouri Loves Company. <laughs> that's the one. Um, but yeah, you know, anyway. So if anybody's I think in we the, can just make that commercial because I'll have a camera crew. I think we do it. That's it. Let's do come it. on down, Missouri Loves Company. That's it. <laughs> so I think Tommy Hot Snakes can do it. But... Um, yeah, so that's in uh, in March. So we're running the whole national championship. I'm running my car in limited four-wheel drive, and then Bucky Elastic's coming. Which car did you of, build for this? Uh, it's a, what is it, an 05, 06 STI? Yeah. It's basic, regular old, limited four, nothing Turbo special. or just 2.5? It's a turbo. Ooh. Boring, simple. 
STI was some, no, it's great. Like that's what the best thing about these cars, about like the Subaru is you can just take a stock car, put a cage, shocks, brakes on it for all intents and purposes. And you've got a really simple, reliable, competitive rally car. So now that these cars are 15 years old, you know, there's, there's, um, there's a lot of, a lot of stuff we can do in a very small just amount of money them. to be, yeah, totally just free for alls and all the chassis WX or STI from O two to 07 are all the same. So you just bin one. And you're like, I don't know, take WX shell, whatever, move all the parts over. So <laughs> I'm running that car. And then, uh, we got Bucky Lassick who's, who, uh, came out of, of rally retirement unofficially last year, did a couple or one event with us. Um, and he's going to run half or most of the season, but he and I have kind of partnered together this year, um, on our new venture, which is Lassick rally sport. Do you have a mascot? Uh, I mean, I'm all ears. <laughs> what do you think? I mean, I think I should be the mascot. I mean, uh-huh. I mean we're on the same page. There's a lot, yeah. Go yeah. on. I've got a karate gi. Yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do. So we have this little, there's this little, this fat little bird that I found in the woods at the ranch, at the rally ranch once. Uh, and it's called, well, the, I think the official name is an American woodcock. But uh, colloquially, it's referred to as the timber doodle. So I think that we, our sports team needs to be the Rally Ranch Timberdoodles. And it's like a little tiny, uh, fluffy bird with a long beak. So if you're interested in being our Timberdoodle. I mean, I know where to get those costumes. Made. I'm changing your name to Timberdoodle on my phone <laughs> <Yes>. right now. <laughs> Jay Timberdoodle, that's it. Oh, man. All right. Where can people find all this stuff at? RallyReady.com, at RallyReady on Instagram. Search for RallyReady. What about Texas Dave? Yeah, I'm there too. It's just Texas underscore Dave. That's me. That's all me. Right. Thanks oh, for yeah. joining us today. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. That was interesting. Yeah. Always is with us, mm, isn't it? Yep. A lot I of feelings. I feel like I'm going to spend more money. Mm. Mm. No, I'm, I'm motivated. I'm motivated. I'm, I'm motivated too. I'm, shoot, we're already building cars about ready to party. Mm. Okay. Yes. It's going to get wild. Any of these new shirts, they're available at blackriflecoffee.com. Got a bunch of them. Evan released like 65. There's a million. Wow. One Texas, million we're, we're gonna shirts. Get, we're going to get Texas Dave in one. Sure. Texas Dave will wear one soon. Texas Dave. In a world where one man has upwards of how many t-shirt designs do you have? Uh, six million. Upwards of six million shirts, and they can all be yours <laughs> at one website. What is it again? Blackriflecoffee.com. Black Blackriflecoffee.com. <laughs> there you go. Did I, say, did I say .com or it sounded like I said .com? At blackriflecoffee.com, not come for sure. <laughs> okay. You're welcome. Perfect. Cheers, boys. <laughs>